This is Paul, and I'm at the inaugural Cloud Connect event in Chicago, and I'm always looking out for new and interesting technologies. And as many of you know, cloud computing has been based on scale out in many ways. And I'm talking to a company here today called Profit Bricks, and they're changing things a little bit in the cloud world and adding more of a scale up approach. Why don't I introduce you to some of the folks at Profit Bricks, and they can give you some deeper perspectives on this. First, I'll start with Bob Rizica, who's the U.S. CEO of Profit Bricks. Do I have that right, Bob? Yep, absolutely, Paul. So maybe you could tell us just a little bit about yourself or your role or dive into the company, however you like to go. Sure. Well, just on a high level, real quick, some background on the company. So I'm CEO of the U.S. operations, but the company was started two and a half years ago in Germany. And actually, Achim Weiss is the parent company CEO with Andreas Gauger. The two of them founded the company. Um, they have actually a rich background in the technology field. They started a company called One in One, which most people know, built it to over a billion and a half in sales, uh, and then left a couple years ago, did venture investing, and then had an idea, Achim had an idea for a second generation infrastructure as a service company. So our company, Profit Bricks, was started by Achim and Andres two and a half years ago. And the whole point was really, how do you address the next generation of needs in infrastructure as a service? You talked about scale out versus scale up, horizontal versus vertical scaling. So there's a bunch of features we can talk about, but Achim's vision was, if you think of how users use technology today, infrastructure as a service, they're sort of stuck in this environment where they can't get large vertical scale instances. You know, maybe they can go up to 10 cores and 20, 30 gig of RAM, but it stops at that point. And if you look at what people are using technology for, it's for applications or performance in the, in the web. And most of those services that they're offering use databases. And databases traditionally want to scale vertically. They don't want to scale horizontally. But because first-generation infrastructure service only scaled horizontally, all those companies had to slice up their databases in small pieces, scale horizontally, and it's actually really inefficient. So Achim's vision was, how do you allow customers to scale vertically? And by vertically, with our first introduction here, we're introducing 48 cores that you can scale vertically to. So you can start with one core, and on the fly, you can scale that up to 48 cores. On the fly, you can start with a gig of RAM and go all the way up to 192 gig of RAM and essentially unlimited storage. On top of that, at Cloud Connect, we're introducing one of our key new features, and that is the ability to literally add CPU or add RAM on the fly. So all, literally 100% of our competitors, if you have an instance and you want to increase the cores or the RAM, you have to shut that instance down add the core or RAM or storage, and then restart the instance and continue. But the crazy thing is, if you think about that, you know, when do you want to add performance? Well, when your customers are hitting your service. Well, when your customers are hitting your service, that's the one time you don't want to take the instance down to add cores and RAM. Right. right? So we're solving that whole problem. We have an, a whole bunch of other great features that are going to come out in the future around this vertical scaling and around how we help you deliver high QoS and the performance that your customers are going to need. 
That's a great introduction and overview. Uh, are you targeting any particular type of applications? I know you mentioned applications with databases that, that want to scale up. Those are probably good ones. Uh, others? Sure. So there's a, we actually, one point I hadn't mentioned is we actually build by the minute. And we're one of the first companies to truly build by the minute because our whole philosophy is pay only for what you need to use, not what you think you're going to need at some future time. And we think we're going to lower everyone's costs significantly with that philosophy. But from a market segmentation, we're focused on a couple different markets. One is e-commerce. Think about all those uh, websites you go to where you have to look up, is this product available? Is it available in that color? When can I get it delivered? Those are all database lookups, so it's a perfect example for us. Think of a company like Orbitz, which is doing you know high volumes of lookups in databases, but as peaks at some time of the day and lows at other times of the day. So that's another perfect example. Um, we're also working with test and development companies. You know, I, I used to run a company that I sold to Juniper, and we spent $4 million in infrastructure so that our 65 software engineers could come in in the morning, write their code, put it on servers, test it, pull it down. But I wasn't using any infrastructure at night. And at 9 in the morning, maybe I used 20% of the infrastructure. And at 1 in the afternoon, I hit a peak of 95% and then back down. So that's another perfect example where they can scale up and scale back down, pay by the minute, and truly optimize what they're doing in second generation. The gaming industry, where, again, you're scaling up, scaling down. There's lots of queries going back and forth is another great example. And then uh, we're also doing startups. And startups is a little bit different. We want to get the word out. We offer, we just announced yesterday, we offer 220% performance on a Unix benchmark test compared to Amazon. Uh, from an I.O. perspective, we're, uh, I think it's 190% faster than Rackspace. So for startups who are trying to get their new technology out, who need performance, who are thinking about their cost infrastructure, we're also a great solution. In another time, we can talk about our flexible networking advantage, which is a whole other side of the business. But these are just a couple of the features that we think of infrastructure as service 2.0. Okay, great. Akeem, maybe you could uh, introduce yourself so we can get your role correct here. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm Weiss, as um, Bob mentioned, um, I'm CEO of the whole operation. Um, my background is the one-on-one. I was CTO at one-on-one for the last 15 years and 800 developers in the end. So I'm... I'm I'm pretty uh, knowledgeable about uh, high, um, highly scalable infrastructures and, and big data centers and stuff. So I put that knowledge to use and redesigned the infrastructure as a service space in our, as as we would, yeah, we would uh, like to have it actually. And it, um, so we sat down and we didn't have any legacy hardware, software, or anything. We just could start from scratch. So we thought, okay, how, how would you do this for the next 10 years? What's the, you know, what the key points are? And we came up and said, okay, first thing is we need a really, really fast network because uh, we don't have um, the storage local attached to the CPU cores at all anymore, like Amazon is doing, or most other guys are doing. They have their pizza boxes and they slice it in four pieces and sell it as virtual servers and it's it's you know that's the, the unit size you get and that's it and if you need another one you get to move to a different machine and you get a different slicer of a different sized machine and that's it so we said okay the first thing is really really fast networking so we decided on going with InfiniBand InfiniBand is known from the HPC area the high performance computing area 
Um, it's not so widely used so far in hosting, but I think it's going to change because that's a great technology. Um, each card has 40 gigabit of bandwidth. We have two cards in each server, so we have a total of 80 gigabit available for networking and storage access. Um, so we are able to, to really scale out um, for I.O. and requests, and um, that's one of the fundamental design decisions we took. On top of that, we, we designed the uh, virtualization layer for the networking. So for the customer, of course, it looks like just a normal Ethernet network, but it's way faster, way lower latencies. And um, as Bob mentioned, the whole scaling is not just horizontally. Of course, we do horizontal scaling as well. We have an API, the same thing as Amazon is doing, but we also have to vertical scale. It's not direct attached. It's uh, online. You can go up to soon to 64 cores. We offer 48 right now. We're going offer 64 very soon and up to 265 gigabyte of RAM. So you can, any size of deployment you really need, you can have, have it vertically, you can have it horizontally. And um, I think that's, that's a core, that's the core component of, of the, the design of our system. And do you have some sort of software-defined networking layered on that? Yes, or? yes. So the, the virtualization, we have 10 kernel developers. They did nothing else but doing the software-defined networking program for the last two and a half years. So we have total flexibility in the networking. You can design whatever you like to. You're not bound to, you know, every server has a public IP address and one private, and basically you have one subnet and that's it. You can... You know, the last 20 years we learned in the internet business, we learned how to do best practice designs. You have front-end servers, you have your firewalls, and you have separated in, in an internal network your back-end servers, and you have a management network and so on. And you can do this with us as you'd like. It's just wire. We have the graphical user interface we didn't mention so far, so it's basically like a, a Visio editor. You just design your data center from on, on a sheet of paper, really. Um, virtual paper in, in the browser, and um, you can design your networks as you like. As, as you have the same flexibility as you would do with your own hardware, your own switches, your own cables. You can set up the same thing. Really. So you can make use of all the best practices we developed the last 20 years in the internet business, and don't have to, you know, uh, throw away all the knowledge and start with a flat networking a network, and that's it. So it's basically very flexible um, SDN. It sounds like a, a great foundation for the whole offering. That yeah. that is the network by choosing InfiniBand, getting that low latency, getting that super high throughput with the 80 gigabit per second per server, um, but then layering on top the, the SDN capabilities. That that's another area where I commonly hear people complain about in public clouds that they have trouble configuring the network the way they'd like it. So SDN gives you, I guess I can't say unlimited configuration, but pr pretty much anything you can do that's not yeah. going to result in, in circular know. routing. Yeah. Or well, you could, you could design as we would prevent it in the back end for it to happen, but uh, yeah. yes, I wouldn't know any use case you, should, you could not set on top of our infrastructure. To be honest, you, you, you can set up your own broadcasting domains, private lines, segments, whatever you like. Just like. Having enough network engineers. <laughs> yeah. Software defined network. It's taking a few seconds to implement. You change everything around in another few seconds. So you're really, really flexible there. And so that covers the network pretty well. What about on the server side? As Bob was talking about, not only can you scale up to large numbers of cores and, and 
high quantities of RAM, but you can do so dynamically. How did you pull that off? That's pretty tricky. Um, we had to change what well, we use in KVM as a hypervisor, and we modified it heavily in, in many places. And we use C buyers as the buyers, and also that has to, had to be heavily modified. So in the end, we basically pretend we're doing hot plugging to the operating system running in the in the virtual machine, and this uh, works really right, really nice right now. So you can really. You know, add CPU and RAM, and in, in, in a few months we'll also have the feature online, which you can take the RAM and the CPU's core out again, and then we automate this and we call it basically a breathing instance. So it really goes up and down with the demand, with the load. We can measure the CPU load, we can measure the, the RAM pressure your, your virtual machine is having, and according to that we can you know go up and down dynamically. So basically. We could call it utility computing. You know, you just use what you need, and it goes up and down as you need it, and you only pay for what you really need. And it's no no fixed sizes anymore. It just changes with your load very dynamically up and down. Uh, last question, I guess. How about on the storage side? Is there anything that you do special there? Well, we have uh, developed a RAID 10, a replicated RAID 10 storage uh, device, um, which is not so much special, I guess, right now. It's uh, it's really fast compared to, uh, to the other guys. We measure everybody else, of course, and we're way ahead of, of throughput. So I think that's a great device so far. What we're working on is what we call NVD. It's a really distributed block device, distributed over hundreds of thousands of servers with all the capabilities you want to have, like snapshotting. You can do zillions of snapshots, and all snapshots are the same speed and rewritable and thin provisioning and um, what you have, what, what you would expect from a new storage, from, from a very sophisticated storage device. So that's something we're working on and um, will be released next year. But um, for the customer, it's, it's, the impact will be, it's even be a bit more, it's even faster. Um, uh, for us in the back end, it has lots of other advantages. But I think the storage device we offer right now is really, really capable and um, it's, it's proven to be much faster than the competitors around here. And you certainly have the network to make sure that uh, yeah. there's not contention getting to and yeah. from the storage. That's, that's the point. If, if you think about SSD storage, for example, um, Amazon just offers a new server with two terabyte of SSD storage. It costs like 350 an hour, which is really a lot of money. Yeah. And you have two terabyte, which is fine, but there's people around they need more than two terabyte, and there's people around they, they don't need that much. They, they would be happy with whatever 200 gigabyte and say, okay, this is for my index of the database, uh, but they have to pay for that huge server now. And that's because Amazon cannot split it because it's locally attached because they don't have a fast network. And for SSDs, you really need fast, fast access, very low latencies. Otherwise, you would destroy the performance of the SSD. It doesn't make sense to have an SSD storage array with 5 million IOPS per second and you use a 1 gigabit uh, Ethernet network right. behind it. So there's nothing left over there. So this is, in, in our opinion, um, InfiniBand is more or less the only technology would, which is currently capable of handling these speeds um, modern SSD arrays will, will provide. And uh, InfiniBand, the roadmap of InfiniBand right now, there's 56 gigabit cards out there. The 112 gigabit cards are specified and, and will be available next year. And they're working with 300 gigabit standard right now. 300 gigabit per single port. So this is amazing. That is really you know, amazing. I mean, the, the Ethernet guys you're talking about, okay, maybe we can change to 40 gigabit in, in, in a few months or even years uh, 
until it becomes available or cheap enough to, to be feasible for a mass market. And, uh, you know, we're way ahead of that. Well, thanks so much for spending the time today, guys. It's been great to learn your solution more. You're welcome. Thank you. For All right. Us. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Yeah.